0: John chapter 11, starting in verse 45. John writes, Therefore many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did put their faith in Him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. What are we accomplishing, they asked. Here is this man performing many miraculous signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and then the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. Then one of them, named Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, spoke up, You know nothing at all. You do not realize that it is better for you that one man die for the people than that the whole nation perish. He did not say this on his own, but as high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the Jewish nation. And not only for that nation, but also for the scattered children of God. To bring them together and make them one. So from that day on, they plotted to take his life. Therefore, Jesus no longer moved about publicly among the Jews. Instead, he withdrew to a region near the desert, to a village called Ephraim, where he stayed with his disciples. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, many went up from the country to Jerusalem for their ceremonial cleansing before the Passover. They kept looking for Jesus, and as they stood in the temple area, they asked one another, what do you think? Isn't he coming to the feast at all? But the chief priests and Pharisees had given orders that if anyone found out where Jesus was, he should report it so that they might arrest him. Let's pray together. Father, it is amazing to see how you work in your word, but also to see how people respond to the incredible things that you do. Some positive, some negative, but we know that, that uh, ultimately you are in charge of all things. We're so grateful for the confidence we can have in you as our Father, that we can be uh, uh, children that that, that don't have to worry about your love. We don't have to worry about your work uh, on our behalf. We don't have to worry that you're gonna discipline us and allow us to go through difficult times. Father, we trust you, and we pray that today, as we study this scripture, that uh, that you would guide us to greater and greater trust and belief in who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Jesus recorded seven miracles in his gospel. Uh, he changed water into wine in, 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 at Cana in John chapter 2. His seventh and maybe greatest sign was, uh, or, or, or miracle was, in John 11 when he when he brought Lazarus back from the dead, uh, and and this is only seven miracles. What we know is that in John 20 verse 30, John writes that Jesus did many miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. So many, we don't even know how many exactly it was. But what we know is this is th- this miracle caused something. And and it was you know he didn't just he had raised a, a dead person we see in Luke seven whenever you have the the widow and there's a there's a funeral procession and Jesus stops them and and he, and he he raises that young man back to life to save that man's life but but also to save the mother because he cared so he had raised the dead before but here he raised. A dead man. He, as Bill preached last week, he did such a great job. He was good and dead. He was four days dead. He was rotting at this point, to the point that in that text they said, "Don't, don't roll away the stone. It stinks in there." And 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 Jesus is like, "Hey, don't don't worry about the stench. Let me show you what God can do. You know that 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 this miracle is a prelude. Uh, some believe that." That uh, of what is about to happen for Jesus himself, who would just in a few days be killed on a cross and three, day le- three days later would rise from the dead. They got to see it happening in another man, in Lazarus. And Jesus would do it just soon after that. Three points that I want us to get from this today. Um, from, from this is- Oh, I already referred to that. Didn't I? sorry. Divisions will happen. Divisions will have anyone have siblings? Yes. Any teens? I know the Arsenal clan can raise their hands several times. Um, but the, who? How many of your siblings fight? Everybody, the Arsenal clan is jumping up and down. They, they we, no, we, we, we all. I have, I have six sisters. Um, I'm the only boy. Um, and so I grew up, I was not spoiled at all, uh, um, which is not true. Uh, I grew up with three of them. My mother remarried when I was 14 to my stepfather now. Uh, they've been married for 33 30 years, 34. He just celebrated their anniversary. Uh, he has three daughters, so there's six of them total. Uh, please be praying for my, my second oldest sister, Susan. She, we actually just found out last week that she has stage 4 lung cancer. So please do be praying for her. Her name is Susan. I would ask for your prayers for her. Anyway, that when, child, we fought. We fought over a lot. They used to accuse me of breaking dishes so I wouldn't have to do dishes. They used to accuse me a lot. It never happened that way. I don't know why they would remember it that way, but but we did fight. And I remember my sister closest to me, Shelly, she's, she's just a couple years older than me, and, and when we fought, and if I would hit her, she would not admit... Feeling it, you know. But but there's these sibling rivalries, there's there's division divisions happen over the simplest of things, don't they? Even in our own number that can happen. But 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 in this in this text, whenever you see, whenever Jesus does something amazing, like raising a man from the dead, you think everybody would go and believe that. Surely this man is something special to raise someone from the dead. But that didn't happen. And you see this contrast in response to Jesus' miracle. You had belief in some, and they believed and accepted that Jesus is the Messiah, that, that he was sent by God and, and they would follow him, however that might look in that context. But then you had the opposite of the others. Uh these others who it doesn't seem there doesn't say whether they believed or not, but there's no reason to believe that they did win. And what they did is they went and they went and snitched. They went and told the Pharisees and they said uh they said that that that, that they were that, that, that they wanted to uh, somebody stop getting on the Wi Fi because uh, I can't give you the permission. Sorry about that. Um whoever that is. Uh but but the but but they 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 ran to 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 the Sanhedrin and they told on Jesus about what he had done. You see, that the, the Sanhedrin, it wasn't their first time they're trying to kill, uh, they're trying to kill Jesus. This is actually several times. You know, whenever in Nazareth, they they tried to try to push him off the ledge in Nazareth, he goes through the crowd. They they go to stone him and he walks through the crowd. Time and time again, they tried to kill him, they want him dead, they've wanted him dead for a while. But this is the pinnacle of their desire complete opposite of the belief that we see just so you if you're not sure who the Sanhedrin are the Sanhedrin are the the religious it's basically the religious court the Jewish court it was seventy-one men including the the high priest the 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 guy in charge of it there was a mixture of Pharisees and Sadducees that's two different sects two different uh, uh, groups within the Jewish religion the Pharisees were very committed to the law they were they were sticklers for the law, specifics of the law, and the hedge around the law, and all of the law. The Sadducees didn't. They were very much uh, about the law, but they and, but they also they didn't believe in the resurrection. That's why they were a little sad. You see, that that's never a good joke. But the, so, so the Sanhedrin, these, these religious, these 71 men uh, get together, even among their own number, they're not unified. Joseph of Arimathea, a significant figure in the, in, in, in the Bible, because he's the one that actually would come to Jesus and take him down from the cross and prepare him for burial. He was one of those numbers. So we know that they didn't agree even among themselves about about what should happen with Jesus. But here we are, the pinnacle of their anger, their determination to kill Jesus, you know, they, they no longer denied that Jesus was doing miracles, because here's a dead man standing in front of them. You can imagine how many people, Jerusalem was not a big place whenever whenever there was not a festival going on it was quite a small just a, you know I don't know how many thousands just, it was in the thousands but but if Jesus did so many miracles that, that 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 imagine how many people were walking around normal able to see they had been crippled but now they're healed they had all these things that happened there were people all around walking Jesus did it Jesus did it and they weren't having it any more you know our call Just as, as, what, what, what did Jesus do? He was not afraid to interrupt their lives. The fact that there was divisions because of what he did, it didn't matter to Jesus. He didn't stop doing it, he kept doing it. Our call as followers of Jesus is to do what he did. In not being afraid to interrupt people's lives. To introduce people to the truth, of all the amazing things that Jesus did. Now, unfortunately, just as with Jesus, this truth will polarize people. Some will go one direction and will believe and come to faith and be committed to doing what God calls them to do. And then others will deny the faith, will turn away, will, will in fact become kind of like Caiaphas. And here as we see Caiaphas' res- response, uh, to even his own guys, it says, "It says you know nothing at all," which is the common response even today. When people don't really have an answer, they just want you to shut up. You don't know what you're talking about, and then they throw something out there that doesn't really make any sense. That's that's what will happen when you're bringing people the truth. Are you okay with that? Do you allow it to shut you down and quiet you, or do you, or do you say, you know what? I'm going to go and speak, whether or not they accept what I have to say. I'm going to speak. I'm going to say what is true because of what God has done for me. Pardon all the lights. I don't know. We're not doing a light show. There's something wrong with the the system. Um, uh, green is my color. So if you can, I'm kidding. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus himself tells us, Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two, and two against three. They will be divided, father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Jesus himself tells us that there's going to be division. When we speak the truth to people, people are not going to be happy sometimes. And that's okay. What does it take for you to shut your mouth? What has it taken up to this point? Because we still are called to follow Jesus and do what he did. And what Jesus did is He spoke the truth everywhere He went. He showed us the way of continuing to speak the truth and do whatever God called Him to do, even though people would oppose Him, even to the point of dying on a cross. Now I know fear can get in our way. We don't want to be opposed. We want to be everybody's best friend, right? Well, that doesn't work. That's not what I see in the Bible the, actually the promise I didn't put it in here, but the promise is that we will be opposed, we will receive persecution and opposition if we're doing it right. I, I was listening to one of the brothers who was sharing yesterday at this retreat and he said that I know I've made the right decision when everybody's upset with me because that means both sides aren't getting their way. but you found middle, a middle a compromise. I don't know about all that, but I know that if we do it God's way, some people are going to be happy, and some people are going to be sad, and that's okay. Have you become just a speaker of nothing? Become the minister of saying nothing? You can, you can talk a good game. Yes, I'm going to church on Sunday. Yes, I'm going to my Bible talk. You, you can talk a good game, but, when it, but, but are you really involved in the lives of people to help them? Stop trying to share passwords. I'm not sharing the password. Sorry, whoever that is, can't. Um, you think I'm not gonna call you out? It's coming up on my f- iPad. Okay, I'm sorry, um, but but so our goal is not division. In fact, we'll talk more about that. Our goal is actually to help people to come and become Christians. Some. Some will choose to hear and believe, others will oppose, and that's okay. Do you let fear? I know I let fear overcome me sometimes. Just last week, we went out. Thursday was 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 a pretty slow night, so uh, Angela and Jordan and I went out. We said, okay, let's go to Target. Let's go share our faith, go take care of a couple things, go have some dinner. Let's share our faith. And Target, I saw one person and just kept walking. And another person just kept walking. And another person just kept walking. We're driving from there. We got done at Target. I didn't talk to anybody. I think Angela shared with the lady at the at the desk, you know, when it t- checking us out. And then and then we go in the car, and I told Angela and Jordan, I said, I'm feeling really fearful. I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense. Look what I do for a living. Surely I'm not afraid. No, I'm afraid too. But then we go into five guys, and we're able to share with the girl at the front, and then. Jordan shares with a guy that's giving him his french fries they're incredibly generous there and and they they you know and and that guy actually wants to, is, is interested and and we give him the card and and but what's what are you afraid of what are we afraid of? Is, it, is it is it really makes sense that we're afraid I mean who are we who are we doing this for we're doing this for the creator of the universe the the, the, the I heard another story just uh, just this yesterday talking to a brother and he was sharing about a minister who shared a story about his son and his son took his little boy his son was a really good wakeboarder and his son the board with him and was crying and fearful and afraid and 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 you know they have a picture of him on the wakeboard and 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 he's just so afraid so scared he makes it and they go to the end and then they go and they they, they get together and do whatever they're doing and the, and the grandfather says to the little boy, "says Do you know that your dad is one of the best wakeboarders there is? Like he's really good at this. And do you trust your dad?" And the little boy's about five. Yeah, I, I trust my dad. And do you know that he would never do anything to hurt you intentionally? Yeah, I trust you. Yeah. So then they put him back on the wakeboard, and the little boy is standing on the wakeboard, arm around him, holding onto his dad's leg biggest smile on his face why was that because he trusted the Father what a picture for you and I how confident should we be going out and talking to people about Jesus and yeah it might cause division and some people might oppose us. they might yell at us I haven't heard of anybody being punched in the face yet uh, but 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 that might happen too. We've seen videos of our brothers in, in India being arrested. That might happen too. But you're doing it for God. Stand tall, wrap your arm around his leg, and be happy about the ride. Because it's all about God. It's not about us. Second point. I don't remember why I wrote this. Second point is your place, your nation, Go back to the text in John 11, verse 49, or in verse 47, the second half of 47. What are we accomplishing, they asked. Here is this man performing many miraculous signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And then the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. Really? Was it really theirs? Look over in Mark, chapter 12. Keep your hand in John 11, but look over in Mark, chapter 12. In Verse 1, it says, He began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a pit for the winepress, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and went away on a journey. At harvest time, he he sent a servant to the tenants to collect from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. They seized him, beat him, and sent him away empty-handed. Then he sent another servant to them. They struck this man on the head and treated him shamefully. He sent still another, and that one they killed. He sent many others, some of them they beat, others they killed. He had one left to send a son whom whom he loved, He sent him last of all, saying, They will respect my son. But the tenants said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him. And the inheritance will be ours. So they took him and killed him and threw him out of the vineyard. Does this picture look familiar to what we're seeing here in John 11? Our place, our nation. They were playing a They were playing a little tug of war with God. We all know who's going to win that. They're pulling. It's ours. It's ours. The temple, though, was God's temple, prescribed by God for how it would be built. And the nation from the very beginning is God's nation. And they've, they've, they've only ever been stewards of what was always meant to be God's from the very beginning. God meant for people to come to His temple and see it in all its glory, and for them to say, "I believe this must be the one true God." And for him to look at the, for, for people on the outside to look at the nation of Israel and see how blessed they are by God and say, "He must be the one true God, and I want to be a part of that." Because, wow, what a nation. And they had ruined it from the get go and claimed it as their own possession. We can do that too in our lives, can't we? We can get the attitude this is my life, this is my money, my, you fill in the blank. But if you said Jesus is Lord, and you committed yourself to making Jesus the master of all parts of your life, my question for us is what are you trying to take back? What are you trying to take back? What have you given up on giving over to God because you're trying to do it on your own? Luke 14.33 still applies to our lives. You read it when you studied the Bible, anyone who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. What does everything mean? What does everything mean to you? It's a pretty simple answer. It means everything. But we take things back, don't we? We take back our time. When you were a brand new Christian, the idea of coming to church, was it wasn't a have to, it was a get to. It was, man, I get to go to church today. You wake up on a Wednesday morning, you're like, oh, church is tonight. It's going to be exciting, amazing. The person that's helping you in your life, discipling you, helping you to mature, and man, I get to have time with them tonight. And when they challenge you, thank you so much for challenging me and, and, and really going after my heart. I'm so grateful for you. And you 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 look for every opportunity to serve and to give and man absolutely right when you first study the Bible you remember that you remember where you were when you counted the cost I remember where I was I was in Steve Cannon's office in the second floor in his house in Ghent. It, it was just a plane. he didn't even have a chair we all sat on the floor and but I remember counting the costs. and he's, by the end I, it didn't matter to me at that point I, I still drive when we drive down to the ocean front they used to meet at the Double Tree right by the the Virginia Beach, uh, uh, that conference center, that double tree right there. We went there for the conference last year. It's where Phyllis and Joan stayed, and, and I, we walked her in and to check her out. I was like, this is the place I came to my first midweek. That was the room, and Rodolfo spoke there. That was 23 years ago. See, my memory isn't completely gone. Uh, the, the, because it didn't matter. You, that, that was my first midweek. I hadn't even started studying the Bible yet. I drove through the worst torrential downpour in my life to get there. In an old rickety Dodge Omni, believe it or not, when you had to stop and pay a toll to get through down 264, that's going back now, alright? You had to pay a dime for a toll. That's 10 cents for you youngins that don't remember that. But, but the attitude was, I, whatever! It doesn't matter! And we were on time. Well. You were early because they had a leaders' meeting. <laughs> yeah, you didn't you weren't late then. Um, we we won't talk about today. But if you're following Jesus today, is it still that? Or has it become this is my time? It's my money, it's my home. It's my emotion my possession really is it yours you can have it but you can't have it and God don't get me wrong I, I have a home I have cars I, I have all, all those things and I'm grateful for that but I realize that is not mine we 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 sold a bunch and stuck a bunch in storage and gone overseas before we'll do it again if we're ever called I'm sure we will. Not we're not going anywhere. just see, you know, we're not going anywhere. But what about you? What, what's your situation? Now, let me commend you. you. This is one of the most giving groups I've probably ever seen. We blew out our special contribution. We actually reached $110,000 over that in our special contribution. God is totally blessed it. But I'm not talking about money. Money is actually maybe the easiest thing for us to do. I'm talking about time. I'm talking about Attention, I'm talking about heart, I'm talking about giving. Why does Rebecca and Durrell struggle so much to, to, to find enough people to serve in the children's ministry? Why do, we, why do we always see the same singers? I'm so grateful for the singers, but I know many more of you can sing than that. It's not your place, and it's not your nation. It's not mine either. We are all stewards, and we've been blessed by God to be a part of it, and I'm so grateful for it. We are co-heirs with Christ. If you're a follower of Jesus today, you are are a co-heir. You're going to receive heaven. But don't start taking possession of things that aren't yours. When you said Jesus is Lord, that means He is the master of all, and He is in charge of all things. And that may not be fun or comfortable to you, but that is exactly how it is based on God's Word. What's changed? I want to challenge you this week to sit down and talk to somebody to get open about what you've been struggling with the most and trying to take back and deal with it. Repent. Can I talk to our members for just a minute? Because I I come to midweek, and I see how many of you don't. And, and when you, again, this is one of those things, whenever it's time for church, whenever you study the Bible, you're, yeah, I'm at everything. And then time passes, and you look around on a mid, men's midweek, and there's like half the men there. And What's going on here? And then there's church-wide midweek, and, and what's going on? Where's, where is everybody? It's not about, I just want you in a chair. No, I, I don't want you to just show up to fill a chair. And I don't think that's what God wants either. God wants us to give our hearts, Give our hearts. Just give our hearts. Repent of whatever it is that might be holding you back. And let's, let's give our hearts like we did when we because of what God did for us. Because of what God did for me. He died for me. Why would I put anything before Him? What has become the idol in our lives? If we try to claim something that is not ours in our attempt to keep it, Ultimately, it will be lost. What happened to the nation of Israel is in A.D. 70, it was destroyed. The temple was destroyed just as was predicted. Jesus predicted it, and it happened. The nation of Israel went away until just earlier in the in the 19, 1950s, right? It was when it was reestablished, much lesser than it was back in this time, 2,000 years ago. The very thing they were trying to hold on to is what they lost. Isn't that what Jesus says in Luke 9? Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? Trust me, that thing you're trying to hold on to, that thing you put before God, it's going away. Either in when you die, it's gone, and, or 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 at some way, somehow, you know, if it's money, the AC is going to go out, like mine did yesterday. You know, it's going to happen. If you put your if you put your energy toward it, trust me, it may not happen tomorrow or next month, next year. But but you think God's going to let you keep it? Go and read this parable of the rich young ruler. Just go and read that. It doesn't work that way third point something more positive be one be one in verse 51 John's commentary on this on what happened John says he did not say this on his own talking about Caiaphas and what he said about Jesus dying but as high priest that year he prophesied that Jesus would die for the Jewish nation and not only for that nation but also for the scattered children of God to bring them together and make them one. I think this part of this passage is often so quickly overlooked. Because what has God's goal been from the very beginning? Was that the people would be one and that we would worship Him together. That's God's goal. It's been been God's goal from the very beginning. You know, the, the, the death of Jesus would not just save their nation, it would open up the opportunity for you and me. That's what he's talking about there. You and I coming together to be one. What these religious leaders thought would shut down the followers of Jesus would only fan the flames of what would become the church that we see in the book of Acts. And we hear about in church history. Isaiah chapter 49 in verse 6, it says, I will make you a light as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. John 10 16 I have other sheep that are not of this fold I must break them bring them also and they will listen to my voice so there will be one flock and one shepherd that's what God has created God has put this together we're talking we're going to talk about unity in great detail later on in John chapter 17 but I wanted to speak about it a little bit here because because I think it's worthwhile visiting more than once John comments on this writing Uh, about what the high priest said and what it really meant. He tells us that the high priest was in fact prophesying, which if you go and study the Old Testament, there's many times that God uses ungodly people to speak the truth and to say what's about to happen, and that's exactly what happens here. But it didn't quite happen the way that he wanted it to happen. And and what what they meant for evil, God used for good. And John is telling them ultimately that Jesus' death would bring people to, together the whole world would get to know Jesus that was God's goal from the beginning and it's God's goal today is that the whole world would hear about Jesus my question for us is are they gonna hear it from us are we gonna be something different in this neighborhood are we gonna be something different on the peninsula are we gonna make a difference like Jesus did are we just gonna be seat warmers I don't think you want to just be a seat warmer, or you wouldn't be here. If you're visiting with us, I'm so glad you're here, but you're not in a place where we just say, have a great day, we'll see you next Sunday. That's not, if that was what you were looking for, sorry, that's not what we're about. We want to live like Jesus, we want to follow his word, and we want to put it into practice every day of our lives. Last Sunday we had a wonderful new members reception. Uh, we had everybody that has 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 been restored or baptized or moved in in the last year uh, came to that if you if you were restored or moved in or baptized uh, uh, or restored, moved in, baptized, or stand up, I want to see who you are. stand up so everybody can see who you are. so this is okay, so so. So in turn, and there's several that are not here. Go ahead and have a seat. You see all these people. That's about 10% of our church. Our new faces. And they're being called to oneness with you who have been here forever. So my challenge for all of us is to find one of those people and be one with them. And build that because they need you. I need you. We need each other. Look over in John 17. I'm going to cheat for a minute. This is what I shared with them. We're going to look at John 17. I don't think we'll get to it until next year, but we are going to get to it. Actually, I think it is actually next year uh, on the schedule. But that's okay. This is what I shared with them last last Sunday. In John 17, verse 20, Jesus says, it's not for them alone... I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me, and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Why does your, why does your, why does your oneness matter? Why does unity matter? Well, he just says it right here. So that, when you see so that, What's about to be said is connected to what we talked about before. So that the world may believe that you have sent me. That means that when there's disunity, what's the product? The opposite is the product. When we're disfied, the world can't, can't believe that Jesus is sent by God. You see, you see the we need to be one. We need to fight, wrestle, whatever for oneness, because if we are not one, if we are not uni- united, and the John Seventeen unity—that's what I've been praying for since we came here. I haven't prayed it recently, but when we arrived here, that's one of the first things I talked to you about. If you remember, John Seventeen unity, because when we have that kind of unity, people will come to faith in Jesus. They will come to know who Jesus is and they will not ever doubt. We are vital to oneness. Whatever it is, let me ask you, if you have any unresolved issues between yourself and another member of the church, I want to challenge you today to go to that man or woman this week or today if you can, Talk to them. Go in humility. Go full of kindness and gentleness and forgiveness and acknowledging your own wrongdoing because there's always, it takes two to tango. You've ever heard that expression? That's still true. And it's not regarding a dance. You, you need to, you, you, you need to, we, we all, if there's something, please go and talk to them. If you have something with me, please, I beg you, go and talk to me, please come and talk to me, because if I've hurt you, guess what? I've probably hurt someone else in the same way, and if you don't and if there's a line here at the church, I mean I'm sorry, I, hopefully that's not the case but but it but 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 god's goal, God's desire from the beginning john thirteen thirty four and thirty five love one another just as I love you, so you must love one another. The world may know you are my disciples. I'm paraphrasing for the sake of time. Our individual Western mentality doesn't work in a, in a Christ-centered context. The Bible wasn't written for that. If you're reading it from a Western individualistic mindset, it will be confusing even. When you see the word you, it's not you, it's you all. It's y'all for those of us from Texas. Almost every time it's used as a plural We need to be one. If you're following Jesus, I need your help. I need your help to be unified because I can't possibly deal with every situation and I'm sure there is disunity. I know there is. I've been around long. I'm not foolish. There's 200 plus disciples here. We're human beings with sinful natures that we're allowing the Holy Spirit to, to, to direct us, but we still have sinful natures. How are we dealing with it? Let's go after it and really change so that there can be unity, total unity. No matter how you respond to the amazing things Jesus did, God is going to get His way. God's never lost a battle, and He never will. I think there's a song that says that, isn't it? Jesus will fix it, that's it. Hard-fighting soldiers, there you go. I don't remember, it doesn't, don't start shouting out names, sorry. Now we know there's going to be division when people hear and see these things that Jesus has done, but it, can, it, it, it can't keep us from speaking up. Our faith in God needs to be greater than all these things. Division will happen. Don't claim possession of things you gave up when you confessed Jesus is Lord. Don't turn back to that way. Get help. Repent. Confess. Be open. Return to Jesus. Recommit yourself. Because of what Jesus did, all of this we do. We live our lives in response to all that Jesus has done already. Let's continue to live that way. Let's be one. Let's work together to settle whatever differences we might have so that the world will come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Because our unity matters. And we all must be willing to fight for it. Amen, church. Let's all stand and sing one final song.